Hi friends, my name is Megan and I'm Daphne and today we'll be discussing the Kashmir conflict between Pakistan and India. Before we can get into what's happening today, we should discuss the root of this issue. This is not a new conflict. No, it goes back to 1947, shortly after the partitioning of India and Pakistan. This split up the former British colony into a majority Hindu India and a Muslim Pakistan. However, the ruler of Kashmir, Maharaja Hari Singh, decided to remain independent from the newly formed nations. He was Hindu, but most of the population was Muslim, so both India and Pakistan felt like they had a claim over the region, Pakistan even viewing it as a Muslim homeland. Violence broke out almost immediately, though Singh gave Kashmir to India in the instrument of accession. Pakistan refused to recognize this, and fighting lasted almost a year until the UN intervened and a ceasefire line was agreed upon. To this day, there are disputes over the border. India controls about 45% of the region, and Pakistan controls about 35%, with China taking the other portion. Both India and Pakistan agreed to a plebiscite to allow Kashmiris to determine their own political future, but neither completely withdrew their military to let this happen. Violence has been ongoing since the partition, but escalated with the involvement of Muslim militant groups in 1989 in an uprising for independence that killed thousands. Organizations like Jaishi Muhammad or JEM are based in Pakistan and seek to annex Kashmir to Pakistan. One factor that has fueled this conflict is Pakistan's lack of action against these groups, as they have been accused of supporting terrorism by India. The current leaders of both Pakistan and India are contributing to the recent developments in the conflict. Narendra Modi, Prime Minister of India, is part of the Hindu Nationalist Party, or BJP. The 2019 elections going on currently drive some of his policy as he tries to get re-elected. Pakistan's Prime Minister, Imran Khan, is looking to settle the Kashmir conflict and insists that he is not supporting militant groups, though there has been recent activity. Terrorism and militancy related to this conflict has not slowed since the 1989 uprising. 2018 was the deadliest year in Kashmir in a decade, with nearly 600 killed, about 160 civilians. It is worsening as India is beginning to respond to militants with greater force in an attempt to stifle protests. This is largely the work of Modi. He is emphasizing security as a priority and has developed a more hardline policy towards uprisings against Indian rule of Kashmir to appeal to Indian voters in the 2019 election. India's occupation and oppressive response, however, is contributing to extremism in Kashmir, creating a cyclone which attacks have become more frequent and deadly in recent years. A pattern of terrorist attacks from Kashmiri rebels and Pakistan-based groups has flared tensions and only escalated Indian security measures. In February of this year, a young Kashmiri carried out the deadliest attack against Indian forces in decades. It was a suicide bombing, in which he drove a vehicle filled with explosives into buses carrying Indian paramilitary forces in Pulwama. Credit for the attack was claimed by JEM, which is officially banned in Pakistan but still operates and aims to unite Kashmir with Pakistan. Modi used the attack as a point in his campaign. He accused Pakistan of involvement, which they denied. He was under the pressure of public anger and launched airstrikes in Pakistan that he said were aimed at alleged terrorist camps. The next day, Pakistan took down two aircraft and captured a pilot. Tensions mounted, but Khan released the pilot to de-escalate the situation. Indian security has increased further since the attack to appeal to Indian voters. However, this action is doing nothing to actually solve the issue, only contributing to militancy. This is described in accounts from people involved in the BBC article, Kashmir Attack, tracing the path that led to Pulwama. 
When you kill one militant, two more are ready to join. Author and counterterrorism expert Ajay Sani says India's ruling BJP has demonized the valley and created an enemy for the entire country, which may be a successful election strategy, but is disastrous for national security. In terms of reaching a solution to the conflict, India's response is a step backwards, and the few efforts being made are on the part of Prime Minister Khan. His primary goal in Pakistan is to strengthen the economy, and settling the Kashmir issue plays a role in that. At this point, most of the progress has been Khan's willingness to communicate and investigate attacks and hold perpetrators accountable. However, no real steps have been taken because of India's hostility towards Pakistan, and reaching a solution seems unlikely in the near future. Clearly, this conflict heightened tensions and is a main contributor to the poor relationship between Pakistan and India. It brings the religious differences of the states into a political issue. The global community is worried about the vulnerability of Pakistan's nuclear arsenal. Policymakers from the U.S. and India are afraid that non-state organizations like the Muslim militants may attack the arsenal and gain control over nuclear weapons that could be used for terror. The U.S. currently supports India's right to defend against attacks from Pakistan after the February suicide bombs. However, the U.S. has ties to both nations and an interest in settling the conflict to reduce nuclear threat and terrorism. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has called for both countries to avoid escalation in fear of a fourth war between them. Also, under President Trump, American foreign policy has shifted away from Pakistan, which was a longtime recipient of American aid. Though we are not directly affected by the Kashmir conflict, it has become a concern among policymakers due to nuclear tensions, and the violence has created a human rights issue for Kashmir citizens that the global community should be aware of and concerned about. Due to the increased militancy and terrorism in Kashmir and all of Pakistan, aid organizations are responding to the humanitarian issue created as a result of the conflict. One organization is Save the Children, which is a global charity that provides for Pakistan, among other nations. They have been helping families there for the last 30 years from the aftermath of multiple disasters. In 2009 to 2012, 2 million Pakistanis were displaced, externally and internally. Save the Children has distributed life-sustaining supplies, which included shelter kits, food, education, and medical aid in Pakistan. However, the government seems to be attacking on civil society and human rights organizations, with the expulsion of 18 non-governmental organizations or NGOs back in October of 2018. The shutdown order on these NGOs has accused the aid agencies of pursuing an anti-state agenda. All the expelled NGOs submitted appeals, but were rejected by the Pakistani government. Unfortunately, this recent policy was partially driven by the distrust of Western-based organizations, making it more difficult to get involved. However, we as students and global citizens have the ability to educate ourselves on the conflict and organizations that are involved with providing help. With research and donations to active aid groups, Americans can help the innocent people impacted. Before this project, I did not know much about the conflict in Pakistan. I did not realize how multi-layered the issues of militancy and terrorism are. All I knew before this was that India and Pakistan did not like each other, and that it had something to do with the partition after the British decolonized it. It was almost overwhelming going into this topic, as I didn't have much knowledge more recent than the 1947 partition, and that was just a starting point. I assumed this conflict was religious, and it essentially originated as such, but it became much more of a war against militancy and an attempt to maintain occupation. 
Many separate groups have really dominated this conflict and turned it into a fight for independence from India in 1989. I think there is a solution to this conflict, but not in the foreseeable future. It reminds me of the conflict between Israel and Palestine over Jerusalem. Both parties have legitimate claims to this land, but neither is willing to share the land with each other since they both want full control. A solution to this could only happen if the relations between India and Pakistan improved and trust was built, especially with concern over Pakistan's nuclear weapons. The cyclical nature of the conflict is discouraging, to say the least. The situation isn't hopeless, but to establish a dialogue, India would have to reduce force against militants, possibly risking losing Jammu and Kashmir, while Pakistan would have to take action to control them. I don't think it'll happen soon, especially not with the Pulwama attack still a recent blow. Unfortunately, the conflict could worsen if not dealt with soon, so it is possible there are deadlier years ahead. It would take a drastic change in India's response to find peace. But with political motive to keep up force, that change seems unlikely. We have to hope that elections will not always be more important than the lives of civilians, but we also can't trust politicians to risk their power to create a dialogue. Complex issues like this take time to work out, and considering the minimal progress made towards peace, Settling the conflict soon seems almost impossible.